Don't you? Shepard's pale eyes had become wet, a sign that he was thinking hard. As witnessed by Crosby Wells, he murmured, presiding. In any case, Devlin added, it's hardly likely that a man would give such a great deal of money to a prostitute. Most likely it is a joke or deceit of some kind. Shepard looked suddenly amused. You doubt the woman's talents? You mistake me, Devlin said calmly. I only meant that for a man to give two thousand pounds to a whore is a very unlikely situation. As a gift, I mean, and all at once. Abruptly, Shepard shut the Bible with a snap, trapping the purloined document between the pages. He handed the book back to the chaplain, already reaching with his other hand for his pen, as though the affair was no longer of any interest to him. Thank you for the loan of your Bible, he said, and nodded to indicate that Devlin was free to leave. He then bent over his ledger and began to tally up his columns. Devlin hovered uncertainly for a moment, the Bible in his hand. The charred document protruded from one edge, dividing the profile of the book into unequal halves. But what do you think? he said at last. What do you make of it? Shepard did not pause in his writing. What do I make of what? The contract! I imagine you are right. It must be a joke or deceit of some kind, Shepard said. He placed a finger on his ledger to hold his place, and then reached over to dip his pen into his inkwell. Oh, said Devlin, yes. The contract is invalid, as you say, Shepard said conversationally. He tapped the nib of the pen against the rim of the inkwell. Yes. The witness is certainly dead, and the principal almost certainly so. Yes. But if you want an answer from the horse's mouth, then perhaps you ought to go along to the wayfarer's fortune tonight, with all the other heathens. To speak with Mr. Staines. To speak with Anna, the jailer said with pointed disapproval. Now, if you don't mind, Reverend, I have rather a lot of work to do. After Devlin had closed the door behind him, Shepard laid down his pen went to his bookcase and pulled out a file, out of which he extracted a single sheet of paper, the only copy of the contract he had made three weeks ago with Harold Nielsen, under which the commission merchant had promised not to speak of his four-hundred-pound investment to any other man. Shepard struck a match on the side of the cabinet and touched it to the piece of paper, holding it lightly by one corner and tilting it until the document was aflame and the signatures obscured. When he could hold it no longer, he tossed it to the floor, watched it shrink to a grey nothing, and kicked the ashes aside with the toe of his boot. Sitting back down at his desk, he pulled a fresh sheet of paper from beneath his ledger, took up his pen, and dipped his nib. Then, in a slow, measured hand, he wrote, A gift of conscience to the editor of the West Coast Times, the 18th of February, 1866, Sir, I write in response to Mr. Alistair Lauderback, Provincial Councilman, MP, who casts damaging aspersions upon the undersigned, and therefore upon all his associates, including the Westland Public Works Committee, the Municipal Council, 
the office of the commissioner, the Hokitika board, etc. It is my duty to correct Mr. Lauderback's errors of propriety, of decency, and of fact. Indeed, the construction of the future Hokitika jailhouse was aided in the large part by a donation made by a Westland man. Mr. Harold Nielsen of Nielsen & Co. donated to the council a sum of approximately £400 to be used, as per his personal instruction, for public good. This sum represented the commission received by him as payment for honest employment. It was, as Mr. Lauderback attests, a portion of the fortune discovered on Mr. Crosby Wells' estate, to which Mr. Nielsen, commission merchant, was legally entitled as payment for services satisfactorily rendered. Mr. Lauderback will be pleased to recall that in legal phrasing, a donation is distinct from an investment, in that a donation does not create a relationship of the debtor-creditor variety. In plain language, a donation does not have to be repaid. In understanding that Mr. Nielsen's donation was an act of charity of the most virtuous and selfless order, Mr. Lauderback will further acknowledge that no laws have been broken and no regulations breached. I hold that the profoundest and most enduring testament to progress in civilization is the creation of public works, and I am satisfied that the Hocketika jailhouse will bear up under this definition in every respect. Should Mr. Lauderback find this explanation insufficiently transparent for his tastes, I cordially invite him to disclose to the voting public what he has hitherto concealed, that he has enjoyed a formerly intimate relation with Mrs. Lydia Wells, widow to Crosby. I anticipate Mr. Lauderback's full disclosure upon this matter, and remain yours, etc., George M. Shepherd. When he was done, Shepherd blotted the page reached for a clean sheet of paper, and transcribed the letter in full, creating a replica so exact, in fact, that one would have to compare them for quite some time before one perceived the smallest difference. He then folded both pages, sealed them, and wrote two addresses in his laborious hand. Once the wax was dry, he rang the bell for Mrs. George and asked her to summon the penny postman for the second time that day. This instruction was promptly carried out. The penny postman was a freckled thing with a mass of yellow curls. This one to Lerventhal at the Times, Shepherd said. This gets delivered first, and this one goes to Harold Nielsen at the auction yards on Gibson Quay. All right. Is there a message? said the young man, pocketing the letters. Only for Mr. Nielsen, said Shepherd. You tell Mr. Nielsen that he's expected at work tomorrow morning. Can you remember that? Tell him no complaints, no hard feelings, and no questions asked. This audiobook has been broken into multiple parts to make the download faster. You have reached the end of a part, but not the end of the complete audiobook. So please check your library for the next part of this audiobook. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.